0: Welcome to the Amity Bible Church with our pastor, Dr. Les Smith. Dr. Smith is kicking off the first installment of the 30 Essentials, and we are inside of month one, The 10 Beliefs, because our vision is to become the church that Christ intended it to be, to know God and to make him known as our mission. And we are committed to loving God, serving others, and are unashamedly obsessed with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can always get the message online, YouTube, Facebook, and our podcast that's air on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe to all three. The series, Can I Get a Witness? continues on and this week is a necessary conversation. Turn with us to John chapter four verses one through 15 and let's listen as Dr. Smith explains.
1: I need to share with you as, as introductory to my message this morning, I have a confession and I wanna use this confession as the backdrop for what I wanna communicate with you today. A year ago, almost to the day, my wife was going through a health crisis. And so we spent a lot of time out at UT Southwestern. And I spent a lot of time in the waiting room waiting for the doctors and the nurses to wait on her. I sat there minding my own business because it was COVID-19 was exploding and I was social distancing and I wanted everybody else to social distance too. I had my mask, but there next to me two seats over was a man who initiated a conversation with me. And I'm going, to, I'm going to mention this specifically because it's germane to the subject. He happened to be a Caucasian gentleman right. he, about my age. And he was sitting there, and he says, you know, what, what's uh, going on in your life? I said, well, my wife is ill, and I'm here with her, and we're praising God for the fact that he's bringing her through this. He says, well, that's terrific. He says, when she feels better, maybe I can suggest an excursion for you. I said, well, okay, and I'm being um, cooperative as I can be, but I'm wishing that he would shut up, okay? But he have, he's having the conversation. He says, well, my family and I just came back from an excursion to San Antonio. And so when he said San Antonio, my ears picked pricked up because my son and his family live in San Antonio. He says, we caught an Amtrak train from downtown Dallas and we rode that train right to downtown San Antonio. He says they have, uh, they have observation cars on the train. He says they have a dining car on the train. It takes eight or 10 hours for the trip. He says they drop you right off near your hotel in downtown um, San Antonio and you should try that. And I'm thinking to myself, as soon as I can, I'm going to tell my wife about it and we're going to take the Amtrak train from Dallas to San Antonio. And then Glenna showed up. She was done with her appointment and we were walking out to get the car. And you know, and as Satan would, Satan got on me. But but y'all know it wasn't Satan, don't you? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will convict you for what you did not do. Because it became clear to me that this man, this white man talking to a black man was intentional about having a conversation with me and all I was was bored. And even though I was trying to ignore him, he initiated, a conversation and carried it on until he told me about the Amtrak train. And he was actually interested in whether or not I took that trip. But you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about the fact that maybe it should have been me, born again believer, gospel preacher, evangelistic brother. Maybe I should have initiated that conversation. Maybe I should have been uh, more intentional. Maybe I should have been interested in his eternal security. But I was too busy being annoyed. Too busy being bored. And so that is what makes this story that I'm gonna share this morning so powerful. So remarkable, it is both simple and profound. What you see, if you look on the surface, is it looks just like another chance encounter. But Jesus changed this woman's life forever because he was intentional, he initiated, and he was interested. I don't want you to forget those three words. And what you need to understand is that Jesus changed her life. A conversation with Jesus can do that. I remember when we were a little more religious, we were in our religion, we would say, well, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. Hear your faintest cry and answer by and by. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it all right. That's what we used to be. But what I want you to understand is that if you'll talk with Jesus and if you'll talk for Jesus, whether you are wounded and broken, whether you are desperate and despairing of hope, a conversation with Jesus can change your life. You could roll out a bit. Better, better still, don't even roll out a bit. He will let you just lay there and talk to him. You know, sometimes I used to feel like I was cheating because you know you have to get up and you have to get on your knees. But then I said, well, he can hear me, and my heart is right. He says, and if your heart doesn't condemn you, God is greater than your heart. So I just reclined and talked to him. But it's better to recline and talk to him than to not talk to him at all. Can I get a witness? This story gives us some powerful illustrations about racial prejudice, about religious hatred, about dealing with people that are not like us. In other words, this is a story about evangelism. Did y'all know that that's one of our core values at Amity? evangelism, when was the last time you shared your faith? When was the last time that you had the joy of leading someone to the Lord? That's why I say that we are under a satanic attack. I think COVID is of the devil because what COVID does is he stopped us from doing what made us amity. You know, sometimes you have to almost ask, you hugging, you know? Can you be hugged? I have my shots. Okay, but, but, but then, we, so we think we're there, and then he throws in the Delta variant. And so now, you know, we, were, we thought we were turning the corner, and it looks like now he's just putting us right back where we were because some people are just too obstinate to get the shot. I'm not proselytizing. I'm just telling you that you need to read the tea leaves because I, the statistics I heard is that the only people that are dying are the unvaccinated. Doesn't that say something? So here we have Jesus. He's showing up at the well. He's hot. He's tired, and he sits down. You know, Jesus really doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't, He's not politically correct. He doesn't care about all that. So he sits down. He's thirsty, and he wants to drink. It's kind of like Moms Mabel. I told my wife that she didn't laugh, but I thought it was really funny. I used to listen to Moms Mabley. She was vulgar, okay, but, but we didn't have a whole lot, so Moms was what we had. And Moms would say she was walking down the street, and it was a time of Jim Crow, and she saw a window in the bakery, and she went in, and, and they had cheesecake. And said so she wanted a piece of cheesecake. And she said everybody in the place started looking at her. She said, I don't want to go to school with you. I just want a piece of cheesecake. (laughs) You have to understand. You have to get over the fact that some people will treat you like you are nothing. But Jesus looked past that. And here was a woman at the well at a time that women don't come to the well. And so Jesus knew, oh, man, something's, something's different with this woman. He looked at her. And there were four walls that separated them. There was a religious wall, there was a gender wall, there was a racial wall, and there was a moral wall. And yet Jesus found his way through every one of those walls. So I have three observations I'm going to make, and then I'm going to take my seat. Okay, um, stand up a minute. Okay, stand up. Okay, sit down. I just saw some of those lids kinda, you know, y'all are thinking y'all back in your bedroom, but we in church, so I have to to keep y'all alert. Boom, shaka-laka-laka. Three observations. I already gave them to you. I just want you to take them. Jesus was intentional. He initiated and he was interested. Okay, so first, Jesus was intentional. He went where others would not go in order to have a conversation with the woman at the well. He went. He went to where no one else would go. Okay, so listen to John 4, 1 through 6. It says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus was not baptizing, but his disciples were, He left Judea and went away again into Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well, and it was around noon." So in order to to understand this story, geography is very important. If you think about this on the map, Galilee is in the north. Samaria is in the middle, and Judea sits down at the bottom. And so the travel was to go up from Judea into Galilee. But there were some Jews who would not even set foot in Samaria. So they would cross the Jordan River, go east, go up through Perea, and then they would exit again and come into Galilee, totally skipping Samaria. Now, you know, in America, they, they did that. They, they made it possible for us to skip Samaria. Any of y'all ever drive to I-35 toward, um, toward San Antonio, and you get to Austin, and they have something in Austin that makes it possible for you not to go through Austin. And and what is it called? It's called a bypass. And so what it does is at 80 miles an hour, it takes you around Austin. Now it, it has appeals in two ways. Number one, you can drive faster than you can normally drive on the bypass. And it causes you not to have to go right through 35, right through. I think that God has raised up in this country a nation of bypass people. We we, 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 we used to go through, y'all remember highways like 31W and all of those up through Tennessee? You had to go through every little podunk. You had to cross every little bridge. You had to go through every little town. And now they got the interstate. I think, I think that the church is only in a state. I think the church has become so enamored with 75 miles an hour, but that God is saying, take the exit ramp, because I need for you to go through Samaria. I wish I had. Can I get a witness? That's all right. I don't have a, I'm, I'm preaching this to myself. So why did Jesus have to go through Samaria? The short answer is he didn't. He didn't have to go through Samaria. He could have gone around just like everybody else does. But if he went around like everybody else does, then he wouldn't be Jesus, would he? Because Jesus, here here we are sitting down here dying, dead in our trespasses and sins. He could have sent somebody to stand in for him, but Jesus said, nobody can do this but me. So I'm going down there. I'm going to stand in for those wretched people, and I'm going to die for them. I'm going to suffer on the and then I'm going to rise, and then when I rise, I'm going to raise them up too because I'm the only one can, can can do God, some of you, God raised in the ghetto so that you can have ghetto experience. You understand how difficult it can be in the ghetto, so you ought to every now and then get off the interstate and go back home. That's all right. It's all right. It's all right. The problem is that we're we now suburban people. We, we, you know, we have fences around our, our house. And, and we live in apartment complexes that have gates. You know, we, 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 were, we used to be glad we had apartments that had rooms. <laughs> but now we got gates. And all of a sudden, we don't mix. When was the last time that you went somewhere that you haven't been in a while? You don't, you don't have to even go in there. You you, y'all from places, Henderson, you know, Nacogdoches, all them places, they got some darkness over there. And you know it because co- your cousins are still there. Yes, but, but, you, 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 but you answer the phone, your cousins, you know, you think, oh, it's my cousin. They calling me to hit me up, you know, so you screening your calls. Where, where, where would we be if tonight when you called Jesus, that, he, that he, looked at his, he looked at his caller ID, he said, oh, that's George. George just George worries me, always calling me about the stuff that's going on. I'm going to just let that go to voicemail. Can I get a witness in here? We, we, we get so well off. That we are, we are so heaven-bound, no earthly good. Now look at it again. Look at verse 3 again. It says, he said he left Judea and went away again into Galilee. And verse 4 says, and he had to pass through Samaria. I, I wish we had to pass through Samaria. I, I wish that we could get a little bit of a vision of Samaria. This is, this is, if there's one thing that's broken my heart, and the pandemic is not, not the only reason, it's that Amity may be doing a lot of things, but we're not winning souls. Yes. Plain and simple. Yes, we meet, we greet, we eat, we hug, and we go home. I talked to a young brother that, served in ministry with me Friday he's in Zambia and I still can't believe when I met him he wanted to be a missionary he has set his life completely on hold and he's gone to this God forsaken place and at times he has to watch those he's ministering to die he has recounted to us a pastor who has lost his wife a young wife with children who has lost her pastor husband. And he said, Pastor Smith, would you come on and just for 10 or 15 minutes encourage these men? You know what they did? They encouraged me because I looked at individuals who were willing to go through Samaria. They didn't just, they didn't just go through Samaria. Michael Boone went over to live there. Somebody ought to say amen up in here. He went to live there. And I think Jesus is smiling. Every detail in this story, every detail in your life, God is working out. There are no accidents. This woman was not looking for Jesus. She was looking for water. But the good thing is that Jesus was looking for her. Okay, so I don't have a lot of points for you today, but I'm going to give you this point. If you want to reach Samaritans, try going to Samaria. Okay, if you want to reach Samaritans, try going to Samaria. Try putting your comfortable life on hold. Get off the freeway take the off-ramp, and go to Samaria. You know, we have to go out of our way to have conversations with people who are not like us. Most of us avoid Samaria. The woman did not know it, but she had an appointment. And many of you, all of us, all of us, sitting in here this morning, we have an appointment. Okay, we're going to get a call, that call. Say, well... You know, you've had your time now. And you know what God is going to reward? People who went to Samaria. Don't y'all go quiet on me. Lights, help me here. Jesus. 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 He was intentional. He had to go to Samaria. Second point, second observation, Jesus initiated. This woman didn't even know she needed living water, but he used an analogy that she could connect to. Listen to John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. I I love Pastor. Yeah, I know Pastor Bob Rice. Pastor Bob Rice preached this one time, and I, I almost had to run him off because he, he was so real, though. He, 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 gave, he gave the lady a name, Bunquisha. <laughs> okay, so, so, so you, you can't miss that. This lady was on the outs. She didn't have a life, but she didn't even know she didn't have a life. When he had a talk with her, he, 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 she, she had to admit the man I'm living with is not my husband, and I had four or five others already. She said, I know that. And you still talking to me? Did y'all know we pick our company? Yes, we do. And, and if, oh, what if uh, just 15 or 20? Homeless people smelling real ripe and good would come in and sit right next to you, bringing the COVID with them. Okay. Would you leave the Would you leave the building? Oh, I got to protect myself, Pastor. You can't protect yourself. You can wear all the masks you want. Do you realize God can get in behind that mask? Do you realize that he can he can take you just where you, you could be in a sterile room at the hospital. No germs in there. I wish I, I, wish, I wish I had a praying tree. So she, she said, give me a drink. He said to her, give me a drink. So sometimes we have to initiate the conversation. This man who was sitting across from me at UT Southwestern, I did not want to talk to him. I was in my feelings because I was there, and I was bored. And I'm, I'm kind of a shy person. I don't, if y'all, if y'all have known me a while, you know, I, I don't really initiate. If you come up to me, Pat Smith, just, I just love on you and talk to you. But you know, if if not, I might miss you because it's real uncomfortable for me to interact with strangers. God had to teach that to me. He had to build that into me. After I came into the ministry, yes, yeah, that's not my that's my not my goal. I'm not gregarious. You, I'm standing up, and you saying, "He can't, how can he be shy? He's standing up in front of all of these people." Okay, I don't see y'all. <laughs> I, I actually have a dark screen over my eyes, and so it's just it's just it's just dark out there. Yes, okay, I'm I'm lying up here now. Uh, you, you, what, you, what you do is you pray and you ask God to get you through it. And that's exactly what you do when you have to encounter someone that you don't know and that you need to share the gospel. He, so he says, give me a drink. How, how simple can that be? He asked her for something, not something supernatural. He said, give me a glass of water. I'm hot. I'm tired. If you are even a reasonable person. But then she got, she got analytical. He said, for his disciples had gone away in the city. Therefore, the woman said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan? Sometimes life can beat you down so that you can't get out of your own way. Sometimes you can think that just because of your state in life that somehow you are not worthy. But the fact is Jesus came to her. She didn't come to him. And if you were to declare it, most of us didn't come to Je- I came to Jesus as I was, weary, wounded, sad, mm my- Raise your hand if you enjoy sinning. Okay. Come on now, okay, so we enjoy sinning. We don't just drop sin and kind of run in and say, Jesus, I'm giving up my sin for you. Sometimes he has to break us. Sometimes he has to bust us. Sometimes he has to produce adversity in our lives so we can't get access to our sin. Yes, sir. And this woman, she's all up in her sin, and she can't get out of her own way. She said, how, how, how is it you're talking to me? She completely ignored the fact that the brother wanted water. Jesus, I didn't come here for politics. I came to get me a glass of water. Jesus answered and said to her, Sister, you don't know me. Sister, you don't know that I don't have to ask you for water. He says, I got water for you. (laughs) I got something for how many of us miss what God has in store for us because we're standing there questioning Him. Why didn't You come sooner? Why didn't You come in a different way? Why didn't You bring? Some, why did my daddy die? Why did this happen in my life? And He's saying, "I'm trying to bless you." Yes, sir. Oh, I wish, I wish I had praying church. See, see. When he said, he says, if you knew the gift of God, you would give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So this is a tip-off now. Living water. Okay, she was getting water from a well or a cistern, and it's still. But living water is water that flows. And so Jesus was trying to say that, that that water you have. It's going to stagnate. It's going to event. If you ever leave, drink a bottle of water, drink about half of it, and then put it on your counter and leave it about five or six days, and then go back to it. It's got little men in there. Okay, you got little stuff in there. So nothing to do but throw that. But if it's running, if it's rolling, then it's refreshing every hour. Jesus said, I got something for you that when you get stale, when you get sick, when you get all you need is this living water. And he says that more than that, it will well up into you. Jesus, not only did he initiate, not only was he intentional, but he was interested. He cared about the woman's salvation. He cared about her being saved. Listen to verse 10 and following, and I'm almost done here. He said, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that said to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Not who are you? She still. Now, we had a word for it. When we went. She's signifying. He doesn't need that. Jesus is saying, I have something for you. Well, where are you going to get it? You know, if somebody offers you a present, you say, do you have a job? Can you afford that present? What are you supposed to do? Just reach your hand out and say, thank you, much obliged. Yes, ah. But Jesus doesn't get upset. He says, everyone, Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to her eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here. I don't think she still got it. But the idea of not having to come back to the well to draw water was very appealing to her. Sometimes I think that we have to appeal to people and give them something tangible. And one of the things that there are some religious groups that when their kids come to church early, you know what they give them? Candy. Okay, now, we we are more sophisticated than that, aren't we, the idea that you know, the children's ministry, people are going to give my kids candy, okay, that I outrage you, okay. But the amazing thing about candy is they always want to go back to where they got the candy. Yes, see, see, now you can wean them off the candy yes, after a time, but you need to get them to come back. That's why we have programs at church. That's why we have choirs. That's why we're, because we need people to come in, have a little candy, and say, It's nice in there. That's why we give y'all air conditioning. You know, and when we didn't have air conditioning, we gave y'all fans so y'all could be up in here fanning because we wanted you to enjoy being here so you would come back so you could get Jesus. All she wanted was the water. Now, Christ is not always comfortable when you try to reach people for Christ. It's not always comfortable. But if we go to where they are, then comfort is not the issue. The Great Commission says, go and tell. Okay? We say, come and listen. Imagine, firefighter shows up at the house in his truck. Okay, The people are in danger inside. The firefighter takes his bullhorn. He says, y'all come out of there. The house is on fire. If you stay in there any longer, you're going to be in danger. What does the firefighter do? He goes in to get them out. Sometimes you have to realize that God raised you up as a firefighter and you have to go into the flames to get the people out. She came to the well at noon because she could not associate with the other women. They gave her a hard time. She was an immoral woman and her lifestyle was aberrant, but Jesus met her at the well when she could come. You know, we have, we have schedules. You say, you know, could you, could you come out to the church at six? We're having a program. Okay, but maybe you could say, you know, what time are you going to be free? I could meet you at Starbucks, and we could have a conversation. He went where others would not go, and he did what others would not do. But this is not the first time. Luke 15 tells us what? That, he, that the Pharisees were upset because he was eating with sinners in Matthew 8. Jesus was cleansing a leper. Nobody touched lepers. In John 8, they brought a woman caught in the very act. Jesus said, if the rest of you brothers are clean, you, th- you throw the rocks. If you want to see a picture of grace, that's John 4, a woman who had no right to salvation, no right to know Jesus. Okay? So as I prepare to close, I want all of you to understand that you will never come to Christ until Christ first comes to you. We always sing these songs about I made up my mind to follow Jesus. No turning back. No, I try to make up my mind and as soon as I get my mind, I, I make up my mind every week, no bluebell. <laughs> I do. Every, week. Uh, every, every day I say, I'm, 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 I'm fasting off a of bluebell, and then someone who loves me will send Tiff's what, treats what, what with, <laughs> with a bluebell inside. I'm thinking, get thee behind me. But I eat it still. Uh, Every time I tell myself, this may be my last time. I'm not going to do it anymore. And then I am in Tom Thumb, and they have two um, half gallons for $7.99. Regular price, $7.99. How can you say no? To two for $7.99. You cannot make up your mind. Jesus has to come to you. Jesus has to become real in your life. Can I get a witness? When Jesus shows up, everything changes. And if you want to be Jesus to someone else, then you have to be intentional. You have to decide that you go where they are. You don't wait for them to come to you. And then, once you get there, you have to initiate. You have to decide, I'm going to start the conversation. And in the end, you really have to care. Now, as I close my time with you this morning, I want you all to understand that until Jesus shows up, there's no salvation. Until Jesus becomes real, Because one of the things that we're being asked to believe is that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried and that God raised him from the dead. But how can we believe that if we don't believe in Jesus? How can we believe it if the actual savior doesn't show up and makes himself real to us? How can we turn from trusting ourselves and turn to trust in Christ until we accept that there is a Christ, that he is the Christ, the Son of God. Over and over again, you see in Scripture, when the men were trying to get across the lake and Jesus was in the boat, the question that they had was, who is this that even the winds and the waves obey? You must answer that question before you can be saved. Who is this? Who is this? Mary's baby. Who is this, the brother of James? Who is this, the savior of the world? And whether you're here in the sanctuary with us or whether you're listening or watching uh, via a remote means, you have to put Jesus somewhere. If Jesus does not become real in your life, there is no salvation.
0: Thank you for visiting the Amity Bible Church. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist you in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us, or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.